There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. And uh, I can't believe it, it's hot and sunny over here at the moment. It feels like the Caribbean today, which is very um, topical because my guest is uh, is living in the Caribbean, uh, Jane Hansom. So I'm excited to talk about, with her and uh, uh, we're going to have a really fascinating show today. We're going to talk about uh, Jane's fascinating journey, um, one step at a time. And I've called it one step at a time to Ikigai. So... Um, some of you may have um, be familiar with the concept of Ikigai. Um, Ikigai is about doing what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, and then if all those collide as well, what you can get paid for. And if you, uh, um, if you um, then achieve all of that, you develop a harmony, which the Japanese refer to as Ikigai. And we've talked about it a number of times on our show in the past. And I think we probably mentioned it with Andrew Thornton as well last week. Um, this model, it's cropped up a few times and I thought today, um, wouldn't it be great to have somebody who I think who really, really embodies this methodology, um, whether by design or by serendipity, we'll find out and we'll have a, a think about how maybe you can um, bring more of this into your life, more of that balance. Um, before we do that, um, I've had Andrew Thornton, I mentioned on the show last week, we talked about putting the heart into business. Uh, and Andrew's written a great book about that. He's also um, a little bit like myself. He worked in the confectionery industry for Mars, but he uh, he then um, um, ran two large uh, retail outlets in London, um, uh, Budget Thornton, Thornton Budgeons, they were called, um, and did some really remarkable things, in, including setting off that tr um, trend for um, for not having packaging in um, uh, in your in the supermarket certain supermarket aisles. And also, um, you know, paying for plastic bags. Then on his 3,000 square foot roof, he built a, a garden on there as well so that the produce could be sold in the store. So it was a great interview last week. And I really connected with Andrew. And we really connect with that message on the show because the show is about elevating your business, elevating your thinking, but actually making a positive contribution to the world. Business can be a positive thing. Um, and I think business and leadership uh, are essential to creating a better world and for me that's what i'm about um that is what the show's about uh, and i hope that you want to join in that journey and make a difference uh, too through your work so do your passions and your talents really perfectly balance with, with the world needs and as i mentioned earlier are people prepared to then pay for it now, I've got my guest on the show today, Jane Hansom. Jane's uh, become, over the last few years, a really good friend. And uh, Jane was on the show um, back in February of 2018. Uh, we were talking about marketing then. And then our conversation starts to move a bit into triathlon and some other exciting kind of areas. But for me, Jane really epitomizes this state of balance that is beautifully summarized in this concept of Ikigai. So I'm wondering, if you think about your life at the moment... Um, is this for you, is this where you sit right now? Or is it, does this feel like an unreachable dream where everything perfectly comes together, almost in a state of bliss, really, 
um, where um, everything feels in balance. A lot of people today feel out of balance. Our prime minister in the UK this week, um, who's uh, just resigned, uh, will be out of balance uh, too. Um, we won't go into politics, though, um, right now, and my opinions on that. Um, but in this interview, I want to just understand about Jane's life. She went from being a busy marketeer, she entwined that with a passion for uh, long-distance events like triathlon. Uh, she uh, reluctantly entered the London Marathon age 40, and it all took off from there. Um, and, and actually has um, become a very, very keen amateur triathlete. She's medaled for the Great Britain Age Group team in various World Championships events, from sprint to Olympic distance, as well as winning her age group at countless long-distance Ironman events all around the globe, including the Ironman World Championship in Kona. I mean, that is just serious business, that. I was chatting to someone last week who was telling me how their brother had come 560th in his category and was really proud in that. So this is a big, big achievement. And today, Jane not only sits on the board of the Triathlon Industry Association, but also the Professional Triathletes Organization, um, advising government sporting bodies and developing triathlon into a major global sporting series. Um, Jane lives in one of the most stunning locations in the world. Uh, that's come through the state of Ikigai, I think. A big welcome to Jane Hansen. Oh, thank you, Chris. Really great. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely to uh, be with you again. Um, we're so we're a few, quite a few miles away. Um, tell us where you tell us where you're living at the moment. Um, so I am speaking from a very small island in the West Indies um, called Nevis, which is part of the Twin Federation of St Kitts and Nevis. Um, so it's a lovely little place. There's only 11,000 inhabitants on this island, and there is only one 32-kilometer road, which. Um, which goes around the island, so it's very small indeed, but it's beautiful. Yeah, I must. Um, uh, and, and did you? Did you? Were you there through the COVID period? And you know, did yeah, you, I mean, I, I, I've been. I've that? actually been. Yeah, I've been coming to Nevis um, for many years. I actually came to Nevis. I was invited here to do a triathlon, bizarrely enough, and and mm -hmm. um, you know, via a, a very kind of fortuitous. A meeting um, with um, uh, a lovely man called Winston Crook, who works on Nevis. Um, he is the local bike guy on Nevis, and he also runs the triathlon. Anyway, I met him in in Turkey. I was actually um, changing my, um, looking at my bike at the side of the road, and he stopped and asked me if I wanted any help. And that's how serendipitous that meeting was. And I was then invited to Nevis to come to do the triathlon. And I, I did, I came, I came and I won the triathlon. And I also met the premier of the island, and Premier Mark Brantley um, and I told him how fabulous I thought this place was and you know he was looking for PR representation in the UK so that was a really good trip for me because not only did I win the triathlon but I won the Nevis tourism account um, and so then I subsequently um, promoted Nevis to a UK audience um, over the next eight years and it wasn't long. It was only in year one or year two, actually, that I decided that I need, I loved this island so much that I wanted to buy a little holiday house here for myself. Um, so I did. And then over the in the last kind of couple of years, just before COVID, actually, I realized that I, in fact, could run my business from here um, because it didn't really matter. I think that was one one of the things that COVID really proved was that you don't need to be in an office um, to do your job. You can be located anywhere in the world. And as long as you have a great internet connection, 
um, then you are, you know, you're, you're, you can, you can run your business from anywhere. So just before COVID, actually, I moved to Nevis on a permanent basis. I think I, I was on the last flight out before London locked down. <laughs> so I timed it brilliantly, actually. I can't believe it. I didn't even have a crystal ball, but I, you know, I feel like I, I kind of ought to, you know, I feel like I did have one really. Wow. So quite, quite, uh, yeah, quite fortunate if you if you bought somewhere to live and you couldn't get there. <laughs> it would have been awful, wouldn't it? Sold your house. Uh, I know. Jane, knowing you, you could have swam across, couldn't you, really? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that might have been a bit too far. Um, but, um, but no, it's lovely. And so we've been here permanently for a couple of two years now. And it's just, it's, it's working really well. It's brilliantly. The quality of life is fabulous. And it's very simple, you know, here that, you know, the, the, you know, we go to bed early and we get up early. It's very much, we kind of follow the sun. The, the, the sunrise is at 5.30 and I'm up at 5.30 um, and then I go to bed about nine. Um, so it's, it's, it's fabulous. I love it. I love it. And actually, I think I'm far more productive here than, um, than I think I ever was in London. Oh, brilliant. And, and, you, and your, your, your fabulous husband, Gary, who I've met, I think he may be listening outside somewhere with his headphones on at the moment. Um, yeah. Perhaps, is, is, does he enjoy living in the big move as well? Does that work for you, well for you both? Yeah, no, absolutely. No, he loves it. He loves it. I mean, to be honest, I always loved London. I, I think London is magnificent and I still love to visit. But I think Gary was fed up with living in London. So he was, he was keener to make the move initially than I was. But I think we've made a great choice and I think it's fabulous great a really fantastic place and just remind us we we talked about this a little bit of back in 2019 and, and you've been on the show since remind us how you got into marketing but you but also that your story that how marketing led to triathlon because i think it's a it's a lovely story because you know people are probably sitting here and thinking well you know she's a world um, ironman champion and it's kind of okay for her it was in her in her jeans etc but there's quite a quite a story really isn't there about yeah. how you because you didn't you didn't kind of it wasn't uh, you know something you did started doing in your 20s or 30s particularly was it no no absolutely not I mean you know when I was at school I was I was a, a decent swimmer I did swim for you know the, the Scottish junior team um and I I ran a bit so I was a decent swimmer and a cross-country runner but um, basically, after leaving Aberdeen University, I ended up in London working for a big advertising agency. And effectively, I mean, I did that for 20 years. So between the age of 21, when, where I graduated, I, I did a round the world trip for, for a year. And then I ended up working full time in marketing and working for a big agency. And it was an agency called Bates 141. And I was on the board there and I looked after... The, I looked after, for my sins, um, British American Tobacco and Allied Demex. So I was in charge of, you know, cigarettes and alcohol, basically. And for 20 years, I managed those accounts. And a lot of the drinks uh, promotions were at music festivals. Um, so I was forever running kind of, you know, cool tents you know, like the Bacardi B bar or the Bud Ice bus. And, you know, it was, it was fun and it was, it was, it was great. But I, it, I, I then began to feel more and more unhealthy. There was lots of kind of like entertainment and lots of partying. And, and then one of my clients at Sony PlayStation actually asked me if I would run the London Marathon. They had five Golden Bond charity places. 
Um, and to be honest, actually, I refused initially because at that point, I mean, I was, you know, maybe three stone, over, you know, heavier than I am now. I mean, I was, I was overweight. I was quite unhealthy. And, you know, frankly, I couldn't run for a bus. And so I initially refused, but then they pulled the agency card on me and said, no, you have to do this because, you know, we're all going to do it together. Anyway, I reluctantly accepted and trained for six months um, to do my very first marathon at the age of 39. Um, and I, in six months, I lost, I lost three, I went from a size like 14 to a size zero um, I lost so much weight and I towed the line and I was so nervous, but I ended up doing the, my first marathon in just under four hours. Mm. And I remember this quite clearly. I bought a book called four hours, no, four months to a four hour marathon. And apparently Oprah Winfrey had used this book. Um, and, um, and so I thought, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. And I did. So I did it in just under four hours. I did it in three hours, 56 minutes, I think. That was my yeah. first marathon. And then I was hooked. And then within the, the, a year, I did two other marathons and ended up becoming um, the third master, which means the third person over 40 in the New York Marathon in a time of 2.58. Wow. <laughs> so I knocked a whole hour off my time. Wow. And of course, by this point, I was well and truly hooked. And that really is what started my... Um, the transformation of my kind of like business to sport and um, because I would go to lots of running events and I would I would see the, the 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 kind of terrible attempt at entertainment that all of these events would have you know we'd be a fantastic five or ten k running event and there would be like a burger van you know instead of like a, a porridge stand and from all of my kind of experience running you know really quite high-end um events and um and and promotions and experience experiences for brands at music festivals you know you just can't do that anymore people just expect so much more and so that's really kind of what ended up you know that's really what got me into the world of sport i then started picking up so many more sports accounts because i could come with good clever and creative marketing ideas um, I think I think the, the the kind of history behind a lot of brands in the kind of swim, bike, and run space is that a lot of these um, brands are are kind of like run by ex professionals. Um, so the marketing director might have been an ex pro athlete, but what that means is that he might have been a very good runner, but he didn't he wasn't yeah. necessarily a trained marketeer. So having kind of like grown up and trained in big ad agencies and had you know worked on the classic accounts like Disney and Coke and you know, FMCG brands, um, I really understood what was required. So I could then bring that to, the, to, to these sports. Um, and so that's really kind of what catapulted that kind of like that shift, really. Um, and um, my agency ended up um, not working for, um, you know, switching the brands like Sony PlayStation and all, all of the drinks brands to a whole roster of sports clients from bikes to running shoes, to stationary exercise bikes, to home fitness with gym equipment, and everything in that swim, bike, and run or triathlon space. And so, yes, it's really through having done it myself and through yeah. pursuing sport that I've managed to, you know, pick up all of these clients because I understood what it was like to compete and what the needs of the consumer was were. Yeah, yeah. So that, that expertise in marketing plus that love and passion you develop for sport it's going to be you know very um you know very valuable to those clients who require both isn't it um yeah. 
yeah, that 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 energy that you had had for it, uh, and and they're going to be prepared to pay for it as well if for the right advice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. I mean, I was told by many clients that usually they were pitched by either one of two um, kind of um, groups. It was either people who had great marketing experience and they worked in the big agencies, but they didn't really do the sport, so they didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. Or they were pitched by, you know, ex-professionals who, you know, were, were friends with um, all of the, 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 who were really integrated into that community, but yet they didn't understand marketing. Yeah. So yeah. I was in a sweet spot right in the middle. That's what I was told, apparently, yeah. by kind of like several brands, which, which is great. <laughs> yeah, f- fantastic. Well, after, after the break, I'd, um, it'd be lovely to also, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the, you know this this ikigai kind of concept and um and we'll talk about i think how you um there's one of my connections we talk a lot about kind of 10xing what you do 10 times in the impacts and i think what you have uh, you're doing now um is is doing that but would be lovely probably for people just to get a bit of a sense from you as well of what is it truly like to do a serious endurance event because uh you um I, I picked up i thought i need to get in touch with you again because we've not spoken for a little while and it was uh, a social media post you put on about an event you're on in nepal uh, and i think you just should just share just um just for a few minutes what what that actually means because um there was no walk in the park was it um oh, so, it was so the we'll, hardest thing i think i've ever done so we'll talk about the hardest thing you've ever done after the break we'll share that and then we'll um We'll get, we'll get into a little bit more about the Ikigai and, and, and also this, this new development that's well say newish development with the professional triathlon, uh, association, triathlete association organization, sorry. Um, the PTO that you're involved in and the TIA and probably lots of other acronyms as well. We'll get into that after the break. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America business network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Jane Hanson. We're talking about one step at a time and we're linked in with this Japanese philosophy of Ikigai. And before the break, we, I said that I'd ask Jane to share the toughest event that she's ever done, which uh, was uh, recently uh, in Nepal. So Jane, what was it like and what, what does it really take to compete, complete um, what was a very significant endurance event at altitude? Whoa. Well, it was it was super tough. I mean, the reason I decided to do this is is triathlon is is my sport, which I love. I love the sport of triathlon and triathlon is is swimming followed by biking, followed by running. Now, there are various different distances from sprint um, to um, full full length or some people say Ironman distance. Um, which is a 3.8 kilometer swim, 180 kilometer bike, and then a marathon. Um, now, I've, I I prefer Ironman distances because you know I've, I've a, I'm a real diesel engine. I mean, it takes me you know a good kind of six miles to feel good running in the first place. So I actually quite like the fact that you know I like the long distance endurance events. But I've done many. I've done I've done several Ironmans. I mean, I've 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 done many in many different destinations. Um, including Hawaii at the for, the for the Ironman World Championships, and all of these events are wonderful. But I think with COVID, I mean, all of these events were cancelled over COVID, and they are just beginning to come back. Um, and I just I just felt like I wanted to do something a little bit different, and I didn't just want to do another Ironman in another destination. And um, I came across a series called the X Tri World Tour, which effectively um, are is is long are long distance triathlons, but extreme long distance triathlons. So they are in beautiful parts of the of the country, but mostly they will have you know one extreme element to them, whether that be at, at, at serious altitude or whether whether the um, the marathon is 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 off road. Um, so, for example, there is one in Scotland called the Keltman, which um, takes place not far from the the quadrathlon where you know that we did a while back. And the 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 marathon is total is on Ben Nevin. It's in Torridon. It's it's so it's across a, like a, a mountain range. It's 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 tough. Mm. So, the this series has um, has many interesting races. There's one in Patagonia called the Patagon Man. There's the Norseman in 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 Norway, which involves jumping off a, a ferry in the middle of the of the of the fjord, at, you know, at silly o'clock in the morning into icy cold waters. Um, but it was the it was the Himalaya X try that kind of really caught my eye because I had met the organizer who's a very lovely guy called Jamie. He's from Edinburgh, and I bumped into him, and he told me that this was his inaugural race. And um, he is a big fan of Nepal. He goes there a lot. He's a mountain runner, so he's done you know the Himalaya marathon and lots of um, marathons at altitude. And he was creating um, the triathlon. Um, to help tourism too, you know, the, the, he he was trying to do some good for the economy there, and um, and the whole race just sounded fantastic, and 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 so it was a three point eight k swim in Lake Pokhara, followed by the bike leg was between Kathmandu and Pokhara, but the run, which was really the most 
difficult part was effectively a vertical ascent of the Mardi Himal Trail, um, which goes up to 4,000 metres. Now it gets kind of quite, it gets very tough between three and a half thousand and 4,000 metres. That's kind of like the danger zone, if you like. You need to get in and out of that as quickly as possible and the air becomes super, super thin. Mm. Um, so yeah, so the run wasn't easy. I mean, it wasn't really a run actually, to be honest, it was a yeah. fast hike because it was almost impossible to run. It was just so tough. Um, and the whole day really took eight, well, it took 18 and a half hours which is a long day out by anyone's standards. We finished, We started at 4 a.m. The swim was completely in the dark. Um, wow. And I finished at about half past 10, um, 11 o'clock at night. Was it very cold, the swim? I mean, um, no, it wasn't actually. I was expecting the swim to be much, much colder, but it was actually super warm. It was, it was like a bath. So that was good because I do not like cold water. Mm. It was much warmer than Loch Tay. <laughs> it was pretty chilly, wasn't it? <laughs> it was pretty chilly, you'll remember. Um, but um, but it's a, it was a fantastic race. And uh, it was just so fabulous to be you know, in that environment. I mean, Nepal is stunning. There's nothing like running across a mountain ridge with the most amazing views of, of, of Fishtail Mountain in the background, running past little tea huts, I mean, it was just, it was just phenomenal. Oh. And how, how do you, I mean, how do you cope with the lactic acid that must keep building up as well as the, obviously, if you just, if it's an ascent, you're going up and up and up and up. And um, I, because I, I can relate to it from walking in the Andes and, uh, uh, and things. And I've, I've been quite high, but I've walked. I haven't tried to go up at pace. Yeah, well, it's, it is difficult. It's difficult to go up at pace and you notice it the further up you go. So at 1,000 metres, it's okay. As soon mm. as you get to 2,000, it's still probably okay. But over, over 3,000 and above, very hard. Mm. So I think yeah. one of the things that surprised me when I read, read a little of your account of it was that you you actually, from, from a female perspective, you were leading it, weren't you? And then towards the end, you were overtaken, not surprisingly, by... A, a local <laughs> who, who was much younger than you in her twenties. Um, yeah. I thought it was quite remarkable, really. Uh, well, do you know what? I, I, I was, I knew that the local girl was a very, very good runner. And so I made it my aim on the, on the, on the bike leg to just try to do as, as well as I could. I mean, I, I was, first, I was first out of the swim. Um, so I had the, I had the lead for a fair chunk of the bike leg, but but um, but she appeared super quickly actually. So she was she she was pretty good on the bike too. So we had a little battle until we got to what we call T two, and then I watched her run up the mountain like a mountain goat. She was that fast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess it was to be expect. To be honest, I did expect that. You know mm. the the you know the I'm sure she spends most of her time you know at, at high altitude, and it is a it's quite a skill. Mm. It was funny when we, we actually did a training recce um, for that particular um, race. And so I did it a couple of weeks before. Um, and when we were running up, we ran up to a place called Low Camp, which was the first kind of stage. And we did that, that, that run section in four and a half hours. And when we were passing people who were hiking it, actually, and those people who were hiking it were taking a week, just to put that into perspective. Wow. <laughs> I know. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible. It's inc- and, and, and did you feel, I mean, did you feel um, 
coming did, did you feel like a, a, a winner doing that um when somebody overtook you, do you is, it, is the winning really important for you I mean, we, well no not really i mean to be honest i i did i felt like i had i i felt like i had i i was a winner i think, well, I think you are but you know everybody that completes that race you know is it was tough it was super tough yeah. You know, so it, it it was. I think that was that was. You know, I felt absolutely fine about that. It was my first attempt at this extreme um, Ironman, and um, but you know, I did love it. I mean, despite the fact that you know I didn't win that race, it's definitely um, a hugely memorable race for me. And I'm really now, I'm now very interested, more interested um, in this whole race series than I am in a standard kind of long distance triathlon in, you know, in a, in a normal destination. The whole kind of extreme triathlon race series is really interesting. It's, you know, the races seem to be in more beautiful environments. They're off-road they are you're with nature yeah. um, as opposed to running down the main road of a you know of a, of a city yes um, it's completely different it's completely mm-hmm. different and do you know what? And that's really what i like about about sport i i actually enjoy the training i like to be out in nature mm-hmm. um, and i think that's really the key for me you know, and it, to be honest, it actually all started um, with the great Kendrokert Quadrathlon. Actually, that was my really first experience of that kind of race. Yes. You know, I, I, you know, a race in 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 nature, in in the Useful. outdoors, yeah. and and um, and I suppose that spurred me on to doing the 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 um, the Ironman. But I'm um, I'm definitely going to be looking at that race series and picking out a few more. I would love to do the Norseman, although I'm slightly mm. nervous about how cold mm, that bet. will be. I bet I've read about that, but it's pretty, pretty chilly and pretty scary. I only asked you that question about winning because a couple of weeks ago we had Kath Bishop on the show about uh, her book. She's got a book called The Long Win, and she she got a silver medal. She was a silver medalist in the Olympics rower with Catherine Granger. Uh, oh, and, yeah. um, but but she, what she was talking about was how when she got they got so elite, and she was been, she was a former been a world champion, um, but the media made it feel uh, feel like um, you know like they'd lost really. You know, because they had they were second behind, they didn't get the gold, and it's so you know you get all that get so far, and you you obviously elite, and you you miss by a second, and um, you know I would argue that is that completely is winning. You know, it's amazing, um, but there is this perception about winning, isn't there? Yeah, sure. no, I know. I, not- I, I I I agree, but do you know what winning is? You know you know it, it has to be down to the individual. You know, I guess if you are comfortable with what winning means to you, then you will always be happy, you know, if you give it your best shot. I mean, I I just try to approach every single race or every 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 event that I do, actually, even every training session, I just try to do the best that I can. And if you do the best that you possibly can and give it your all, then do you know what? That's got to be winning, hasn't it? Because you can't expect anything else. And, and, and I think those things, you, you know, partly you compete against yourself, don't you? You know, I'm... I'm that quad rat on you, I'm miles and miles and miles behind you, but I still felt like I'd won, you know, doing it. I loved it. It was yeah. brilliant being out in nature and, you know, I'm completely not a uh, novice, um, or, you know, with a midlife crisis doing something like that. But, um, but it was, um, it was fabulous. And, and it was one of the best days of my life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what it's all about. You know, sports are a fantastic thing. You know, I, I, I'm so, I'm so glad that I have sport in my life. It's, it's, you know, it's driven. It's. It was a real game changer for me, actually. I mean, I sometimes I think what 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 I might be doing had I not done that marathon, which mm-hmm. has then catapulted me into doing all of this other, you know, all of these other events, um, and completely changed my business too. 
you know, I mean, sport sport has been transformative in my life. And I, you know, cannot, you know, I'm so thankful that I, that I, that it's come into my life completely. So so let's talk a bit about the, you know, your work with a professional um, triathlete organization, because I think, you know, there's a, you know, you fit this model of Icky Guy for me really, really, really well. And you did that when you lived, when you were living in London and you were, you, you know, you were doing your, your um, triathlon and marathons and Ironmans plus your marketing. However, I think over, overlaying that now, um, this, this concept of, of, of kind of 10xing what you do, having a bigger impact on the, on the globe. And I suppose you're getting into legacy. And, and I think I, I sense that you are doing that through your work with the um, PTO and we mentioned the TIA was another. T- tell us about that and tell us about what this is all about and how it is. Um, it, it is kind of 10 xing triathlon as well for the triathletes, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, well, stuff. well, I mean, effectively, I mean, triathlon is a fantastic sport. Um, we have got, I believe, the finest athletes on the planet. I mean, some of the the professionals that are that are running, that are that are delivering these races in ridiculous times, are insanely talented. You know, I mean, I'll talk about one of the most famous um, Ironman females who I think I think she still has she still has several kind of world records. Her name's Chrissy Wellington, um, and she has now since retired. But um, I mean, Chrissy Wellington can some of the Chrissy Wellington and some of the other female professional athletes, they can run a marathon in like two hours, 40 minutes after doing a 3.8 K swim and a, and a 180 K on the bike. Oh. I mean, what they're doing is, is insane. It's yeah. absolutely wonderful. But yet the sport of triathlon is so small that these professionals just don't earn much money at all. In fact, you know, they earn hardly any money. It's crazy. They're just so unrecognized. So it's almost like the polar opposite of um, golf and tennis and, and football, whereby, you know, the, the sports stars get paid a ludicrous amount of money. Um, the, that money just isn't in the sport of triathlon at all. And what the PTO is trying to do is to, is to have a professional organization, which is, which is athlete-owned. And our whole mission is to showcase the athleticism and the determination of our professional triathletes and, and inspire the world and show them how good um, our athletes are. So it's really to kind of to, to and to give um, the sport a global platform um, because we have five PTO um, events and the idea is, is that we are showcasing those on global TV. Um, so we're bringing triathlon um, to the world, if you like, and we're 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 really trying to bring more people into the sport and to showcase how fantastic the sport is, um, and that that so that's really part of my job, and I love that because, I mean, I love the sport. I mean, the sport's been the triathlon has has delivered tenfold and improved my life tenfold, and I really want to help them um, and help the sport of triathlon grow. And so that's really why, to be honest, this is the perfect job for me. So it seems seems to me you've kind of you've got a really worthy a worthy ideal a really worthy goal with this, haven't you? Which is is very energising, isn't it? It's it's contributing positively. It's an amazing sport to watch, and 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 then you also yeah helping the lives of those people who are professionally doing it, but with high costs, I would imagine, and struggling to to make it pay. It's um 
it, it deserves to be on a world stage. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, the PTO is has been a fantastic addition to the to the world of triathlon. Um, you know, the 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 organisation completely gender equal, which I love. I mean, the sport of triathlon generally has always been it's quite a relatively new sport, so it is gender equal. But um, it's fabulous to be able to say that, you know, our men and women professional triathletes, they get the same prize purse and they get the same bonuses. They get the same opportunities in races and they get the same airtime in the broadcast. Now, you know, I mean, there are many, many other sports cycling kind of like comes to mind. Um, and it's well known that the that the girls who are well, actually, there wasn't even a female Tour de France until you know very recently. Um, it was a pretty much kind of like male-dominated sport, and the the prize money was you know significantly less um, for the girls than for the guys. And there's that's still the case, unfortunately, in many sports and, and cycling. Although you know the world is kind of catching up, but we feel very proud to be. Um, to be in such a gender equal sport and and the PTO's mission. In fact, you know, it's in it's actually in our charter that you know we are promoting gender equality in the sport of triathlon and providing a model for gender equality in sport and society. Um, and I just love to be. I, I I'm so proud that I'm working for an organisation that has you know such great um, great ethics yeah. and a great char- such a great charter. Oh, amazing, amazing stuff. We're going to go to commercial break now. We'll we'll find out a bit more after after the break, and we get a few a little bit of advice from Jane as well if you're feeling stuck in certain areas. Um, so we're back again with you in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm with Jane Handsome. We're talking about one step at a time and, and got me thinking that last segment with Jane. We're just chatting about it in the break. You know, Jane... Jane was only actually only one of two women who who completed that Nepalese event, and not many men. Lots and lots of men fell out as well, didn't they? Huge numbers. In fact, very few people finished, did they? Um, yes. It was so tough. But but Jane was there competing over eighteen and a half hours. So why is it in something like tennis, um, women only play three sets and men play five? Is that an excuse to to give them uh, lower prize pots? I don't know. But it just got me thinking that um, about the capability of. Uh, of, of, of women when it comes to endurance and, and sports and activity and why on earth aren't people operating on a level playing field? It just seems ridiculous. I mean, it, it, the world's got to change surely. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And this is, you know, this is why, you know, we feel so strongly about, you know, our, what we're doing at the PTO because, you know, we have a fantastic blueprint and one that we believe other sports should follow. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 you, you may have, um, noticed that very recently um, US soccer have finally agreed to pay men and female players equally. That was the big kind of like news in sport recently. But all that did for me was to highlight the fact that in the UK, we're not getting that right either. So it's, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, there's always, there are always the arguments that, oh, but people prefer to watch men playing sport and the men's, you know, the, the broadcast is, the men's, men's sport gets far more broadcast coverage, but that's the point. And that's what, what we're trying to fix because, you know, we really need to, there is a responsibility to, um, to showcase more women's sports um, on TV. And that's precisely why with all of our broadcasts, the men and the women get 50% airtime each. It's it's very equitable, um, and it's 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 shown to 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 work. You know, if you yeah. put more women's sports on TV, and um, women will watch it. So it's it's and 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 also it's it's great to inspire. I mean, the more sports are shown, the more that women's sports are shown on TV, the more women will compete and come into the sport. Um, and there's lots of sports that are just growing massively with um, with female participation, especially like open water swimming is a really good example of that. That sport is just burgeoning at the moment. And it, it's mostly um, 40 plus women who are coming into that sport. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just really interesting. If we make it available, then, you know, it's great for society. People will be, you know, inspired um, and they will hopefully want to give it a go. So you got so there's five there's five events global events now that you've you organise and uh, uh, and you're attracting in major global sponsorship now aren't you which yeah it's fabulous yeah. so so effectively what we um what we are doing is we have five major events a little bit like the PGA of the golf world or the ATP of the tennis world we have we have five tours um, and there is the next month is the Canadian Open. In August, there is the Collins Cup, which effectively is like the Ryder Cup of triathlon. We have the US Open in Dallas in September, and then we have two other events next year. And each event will be televised globally to at least 150 countries and 20 languages. It's a huge, big production. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to showcase 
um, these amazing athletes and inspire people to, you know, watch and to enter the sport. Amazing. And you're, you're getting involved in the, in the kind of media box and things now, aren't you, with advising them on filming and who to look at? and Yeah, it's really exciting. So I have a new job on the broadcast team, <laughs> which is really interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I'm sitting in the broadcast truck next to um, the fantastic, um, our fantastic producer called um, Martin Turner, who used to do all of the F1 for Sky Sports for many, many years. And he will be he'll be directing the broadcast and I sit next to him and um, advise on when, you know, the on who the lead out of the swim is and what's happening on the screen and when they will come into transition and when we're expecting them to see to see them at 5k on the bike, for example, and what's happening within the race and who's catching who and just explaining exactly what's happening because, you know, I mean, it is it is phenomenal. Um, and it's and it's 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 you know a lot of people say that triathlon is not a sport made for TV, but it absolutely can be because it can be you know as exciting as any other sport. Um, and it's just it's our job now to make it to make it exciting to watch. Hmm. Yes, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm actually off to Canada next week um, to to prep for that. The 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 big PTO Canadian Open, the first race of the of the PTO Tour is um, on the 27th of July. Yeah. But well, somebody has to do it. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds great. Sounds great. So what, what advice would you give to others who are maybe, maybe feeling a bit stuck with this at the moment, you know, in their careers and their you know, lives? And uh, would you, would you, how, would, how would you advise them to, um, is, is this, is this, was this planned for you? Was it serendipitous? Um, should people plan it or should they, should they just be more aware and notice and go with the flow? I mean, what what are your thoughts? Well, do you know, I've no, I've never planned any of this. It, it's completely serendipitous. It's I've just I'm just I feel very lucky to have found something that I love so much. But I do you know I think that's the key. I think if you really love something and you enjoy doing it then you get better at it because you like it. And the better you get, then, you know, the luckier you become, if you like. Of course, yeah. it's not really lucky because it's practice. Um, so a lot of people say, well, you're really lucky. I'm, I mean, I'm not a big oh, no. believer in luck. I think you make your own luck. And it's usually to do with, you know, working hard or, or, or practicing. But I, I think the, the best advice that I can give anybody is just follow your passion and don't follow the money, follow the, your passion. And if you are passionate about something and you do what you love, then the output will probably be fabulous. Yeah. And, and if it's interesting, you, you know, with, um, is there a, is it, the, the point in the Ikigai model, is there a market for it? You know, does the world want it? And it's, uh, and it's it's interesting, you know. You you um combined there was there's not a lot. You said not maybe not um, easy to make huge, or there wasn't when you started make huge amounts of money from Ironman and tri- triathlon professionally. But so your angle was marketing, uh, and you and you were able to combine that, and you're able to earn a living, and it's led to serendipitous opportunities. But what's now happening in 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 the field you've moved into is um is for others you expanding the market, aren't you? So it's um, the the whole um, interest in triathlon through the work you're doing uh, is probably making uh, making more of the world realise they need it. So oh. so there's a, I suppose it's about looking at trends as well, isn't it? And you 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 on the back of a wave now, and you're leading that wave, which is growing the whole sector. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and and it's also 
it's great for the industry. You know, I mean, the more people that are interested in the sport um, will will go out and buy swim kit or bike kit or run kit. It'll just bring it'll bring far more people into the sport. Um, it'll 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 build and 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 yeah, it'll build the industry. So yeah. it's good for all of the brands that are in the industry. Also, it, yeah. it just benefits absolutely everybody. I suppose, suppose something else about you. Um, and in a few weeks' time, we've got my, my other good friend Neil Lawton, who I've, um, you've met too through our kind of connections and the adventurer. And what I see with both of you is you're both prepared to put yourself out there and you know, to, to 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 get involved with triathlon. You've you've travelled the globe, really, haven't you? And you've you put yourself out there. You you put the training in. You put the effort in. Uh, and with anything, you have to put the hours in, don't you? And the focus and the commitment and uh, and the determination. So it's not this is not just a, a, a passive thing, is it? About um, this finding the sweet spot and the ikigai. You've got to put yourself out there and see the opportunities and and make it happen. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I do think it helps to understand the sport. And um, I mean, certainly f- for me to understand how I can help the other brands I need to really yeah you need to understand you know what the consumer behavior will be Mm. um yeah and um I mean how can I yeah I mean I mean since since being since it's funny you know since being in the sport um it's grown since I've been in the sport. I've been doing the sport for 10 years. And the membership, the national governing bodies um, membership has been increasing, um, not only in the UK, but, 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 but overseas. And what I think is key, actually, is that the people who are doing long-distance triathlon, um, usually, because it takes, it's time-intensive. So you need to invest a lot of time or you need to have money in order to do that. You either need to be working for yourself or you need to be, you know, in a reasonable position at work that, you know, allows you to take the time off or to be flexible with your hours. Mm. So what we've worked out is that triathlon has an incredibly wealthy demographic and the CEOs of, of many of the top companies nowadays, like Facebook or Instagram or Spotify or whatever, they're not all playing golf. They're all doing triathlon. Um, and this is one of the, and it does actually kind of, you know, there's a certain kind of like alpha type personality that does endurance sport. Mm-hmm. And so this is really what we are realizing um, and what we are trying to pitch to potential sponsors of the, of the tour, because, you know, we have the audience and it's, if you want to attract that kind of demographic, then this is a fantastic sport to, to sponsor over golf. You know, because things have, you know, I definitely think that the sport has changed and, you know, the more sedentary lifestyle that we kind of tend to have nowadays, I think, really makes uh, people search for, you know, some kind of an extreme sporting challenge, um, yes. which, which golf doesn't really deliver. No. And, and we do believe that this is one of the reasons why triathlon is such an attractive sport, especially for successful people. There's sometimes um, enduring something. When you endure something, it uh, you feel closer to being alive somehow. You, you you really feel you are somehow. 
um don't you uh, you know you're really <laughs> I definitely felt that at the top of that mountain in Nepal yeah yeah you do yeah somehow when you endure something um so yeah enduring experiences I mean that's uh there's there's obviously endorphins and all sorts of things happen too but you you feel truly alive don't you and you feel like you're using your life I think yeah oh absolutely absolutely yeah absolutely yeah um so we'll, we'll have in a few weeks time we'll have we'll have neil on the show as well because I, I love um neil lawton in terms of how he brings a sense of adventure into into everything um he had me he had me at the weekend um carrying penny farthings on my my roof car back to a, a railway railway station and which was quite interesting and there's always something going on um but i've loved talking to you today jane i i do find you you're very inspiring and uh and you know what you're loving to see how your career and things is developing and expanding. And uh, I wanted to have a final message that you might like to leave us with. Oh my goodness. Um, oh, there are lots. Um, what would I say? Probably that, you know, if you don't put, don't put anything off, you know, just if you, if you have an idea of something that you want to do, just go out and do it because you have one life and there's no dress rehearsal. So Today is better than tomorrow, and yesterday was better than today. So yeah. don't, don't put it off. Just do it, and do it now. Yeah, yeah. Feel that urge. Don't hold yourself back. Get on and do it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Um, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Look after yourself, but um, don't let your your mind limit limit your behaviour. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a I am a huge believer in that. I mean, that that seeing whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're probably right. Yeah. I think absolutely rings true. So you must believe you have to, you know, you, have, you must believe that you can. Fantastic. So is, is there a website for the um, PTA of, of, oh, sorry, or you that people should check out? Ah, yes, it is. It's, um, it's, it's protry.org. Protry.org. So check that out and, uh, and I'm sure you can access it. Sponge marketing still, yeah, and sponge marketing, www.spongemarketing.com. Fantastic. Well, got and, and if any listeners out there fancy coming to, to do a first triathlon, then check out the PTO Tour because we've got some fantastic age group opportunities and racing opportunities that, you know, people can come and get involved and actually race on the same race course as the professionals. Fantastic. Which is, which is the only sport you can really do that. Brilliant. If you think you can you, and you, or you think you can't, you're probably right. Yeah. So remember, bear, that, bear that in mind. Absolutely brilliant, Jane. Love loved talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed the experience again. Um, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. You're very welcome. Next week's show, Mark Levy um, on how to be relevant. Um, Mark is an amazing fella, the creator, co-creator of the, um, the number one show um, on TripAdvisor, um, Chamber Magic, and he's a uh, a strategist um, he, he created the concepts around for people like simon cynic and works with all sorts of amazing organizations companies great guy um, i tried to interview him a few weeks ago and he insisted on interviewing me when he'd heard about my journey around my health um, so i get my own back this time and we're going to talk about how to be relevant next week do join us next week um, on the show um, and uh, any questions comments send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk go out there you think you can, you think you can't, you're probably right. Go and make it happen. Check out Triathlon um, because it's absolutely brilliant. Um, even if you're like me now, somebody who enjoys just watching it. Um, but do check it out and engage and uh, wish you all well. 
Thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.